House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. You are back in the House of Mystery, and of course, I'm Al Warren, and uh, sideline Mr. David Baseball Martino. <laughs> How are you doing, Al? I'm doing okay. So your retired life from baseball into radio, has that been a good move for you? Oh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even know there was a baseball player with my name. Well, yeah, but you're, you know, you had to come from somewhere. We only take brand names here. We don't take (laughs) the big boys here. They thought I was the baseball player. Yeah, that's right. You know, but don't tell them the truth. No. Just, you know. Take it as it is. Take it as it is, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm still trying to with my mouth taped, and that's still not working. That's so, not working. No, no. It's causing more problems than I thought. Dog had to give me mouth-to-mouth. So. Oh, no. Rough. Rough, rough, rough. Rough. That's rough. Yeah, rough. See? Ah, see, you're catching oh, on. Jeez, you're, you're doing good. Yeah. Well, speaking of rough stuff, we got some rough yeah. stuff today. We got, uh, we're going to be talking about a new book coming uh, it's called Artificial Intelligentsia, and the author is Richard A. Clark. Thank you for coming on the show, Richard. Oh, great to be with you guys. Well, Richard, uh, you know, um, you're kind of a celebrity. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, you've been you've been around. You've been you've been um, kind of in politics a lot. Yeah. In the, in- well, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't call it politics. I'd call it government, but. Uh, you know, there's a there's a gray area where the two meet. Yeah, I think of all politics as gray, sometimes black. <laughs> what? Well, sometimes red, unfortunately. Yeah, I tell you. What is it? Does that sort of like you're you're kind of in that realm somewhat? Does it sort of um, challenge you to do something different or be outside of that realm? Well, no, actually, the opposite. Um, I find. There are complex public policy issues that when you try to explain them to most audiences, they fall asleep. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, I I can understand why. Um, I've written 10 books. Five of them are nonfiction. And they've sold well. um, But there's a whole group of people who will never pick up a nonfiction book. Um, And so how how do you talk to them? about uh, interesting new public policy issues. Well, you make it a thriller. You make it exciting. You make it a mystery. Uh, and then you can get to a whole different audience. Uh, and you can have a good time, and they can have a good time. But along the way, um, they may get exposed to a little uh, you know, thought-provoking stuff about uh, technology and uh, where it's taking us. That's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> life is dangerous <laughs> give up too much information that might be a little i don't know um well so that means to me in my mind i'm thinking i mean i do a lot of nonfiction books but not kind of in this sort of either of these sort of ideas but what i do is more uh true crime and cults and stuff yeah. like that so i'm not dealing in that so it's different um well, this is certainly this is certainly crime. Uh, whether or not it's true is well, yeah. you know, a lot of my a lot of my fiction comes true. Let's put it that way. Well, I don't know if that's good. <laughs> no, it's usually not. I don't think that's a good thing. I mean, I just... no. 
But when you, I think what I want, want, want to look at here is like when you um, are doing something, so you say, okay, well, listen, I've got some nonfiction, I've got some of this governmental and sort of, sort of this stuff out, and now you're doing uh, a fiction book and you hope, people pick up a few things so is there like a kind of a subtext in your mind when you put together a story like this when you put this book out there's something you want people to get that's underneath the entertainment yeah so this is the fifth novel and uh i find that writing novels is a way of uh, of getting people excited you know if you write uh, well enough and i hope i do uh you, you get people in you know, in, into the plot, the page turning. I want to know what happens next. Uh, and along the way, they're talking about an issue. Uh, I did a book on uh, drones where the people the U.S. was were hitting with drones, um, they fought back. Uh, and in the end, they got their own drones, and they came to America, and they started targeting the people in America who were targeting them. All right, so that was a thriller. You know, things were exploding in Las Vegas and whatnot. Um, but it did raise some issues about the the ethics uh, and the efficacy of uh, drone warfare. Right, right. Well, you know, the uh, American government has always had the best in ethics. Well, when I was there, it did, yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. But <laughs> it's been a while. That's my, that's my little dig. Um, this is terrible. Um, but I see, but you cover a lot of things in this book. This is kind of like you're getting into stuff like, uh, you know, how you say behind the veil into the world of hackers and, yeah. and intelligence agents and surveillance systems and things like that. So when you do that, um, do you, is reality a real, um, important constraint? Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, it is. I, look, I, in, in my day job, uh, I work a lot with hackers, uh, and I also work with people on surveillance systems. And uh, uh, I take all of that into a thriller, into a mystery. But I have to, in my mind, I have to do it in a realistic way. I'm going to be laughed out of the room when I come to work if I uh, you know, do something that's just not true or crazy or silly. So the technology is all pretty real. And in, in the last couple of pages of the book, there's an author's note. Don't read it until you get there. Um, but the author's note is what in this book from a technological perspective is already here uh, and already exists and what is around the corner. Um, and there's no third category of, you know, he just made this stuff up. <laughs> you know, and it's never going to happen. It's either it exists or it's about to. Well, there's also what are people going to do with it when they start getting their hands on it, right? Because yeah, they're going to Google it, right? <laughs> you know, they're going to they're going to they're going to stop halfway through and say, "Wait a minute, that can't be true." There's no thing that can do that. And they're going to Google it, and they, they'll find out. Yeah, there is. There is something that can do that. Yeah. Wait a minute. Bill Gates isn't chipping my <laughs> my vaccine. No, well, that's certainly true. He's not. <laughs> well, oh, but you do you worry about the um, how people take things in 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 your book when you cover that area. Oh, look, there, there. I've been around long enough to uh, 
have been accused of all sorts of things. I blew up World Trade Center seven. I I killed thousands of Rwandans. I mean, if you you know if you go deep down into all these conspiracy theories, uh, you, there's no life. So I don't I don't worry uh, a lot about conspiracy theory people, um, and they can have their views. That's fine. Um, from when I was in government, uh, if somebody brought me a conspiracy theory. I never dismissed it out of hand. Uh, I always said, let's disprove it. Uh, and if we couldn't disprove it, well, that was interesting. Um, but we could 99.9% of the time disprove conspiracy theories and do so convincingly and pretty quickly. But the ones that, you know, you couldn't really disprove, well, you know, you kept an open mind about that. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. The world's kind of going in an interesting direction. So, you know. You just don't know. Uh, well, people are weaponizing uh, conspiracy theories for political gain uh, and for international uh, power gain. Uh, I think the Russians are uh, having great fun uh, making us fight ourselves uh, by just, just providing enough uh, false information and conspiracy theories to cause us to uh, to fight ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know. Um wow. So what what's the premise of this book um and who are your main characters? Well, it's a it's a real break for me. There's no the lead character is not an American. He's a Chinese uh police detective. Uh and he's not in, you know, Beijing or Shanghai. He's in a smaller city uh by Chinese standards, by American standards they're all huge, yeah. but uh, he's in a fascinating multicultural city called Dalian, which at one point was uh, run by the Japanese. At one point was run by the Russians. Uh, it's up near the Korean border. Uh, it's a port city. And he's a, um, you know, he's a mid-grade police detective. Uh, the Chinese National Police have sent him off to uh, the University of Toronto to get a master's degree uh, in machine learning. Uh, so he can design a, a better camera surveillance system. Uh, and he comes back and he does that. And it's a surveillance system that doesn't just use cameras. It tracks cell phones. It, it fuses all the information that you can get in real time so that the Chinese police can tap in anybody's name and see exactly where they are at any given moment uh, and see who is within, you know, 10 feet of them. Um, so that gets interesting. And... and when people start living in the surveillance state like that, they find ways around it. And he has to find ways around it because his girlfriend, uh, fiance, is a doctor who's kind of politically active. Uh, and so he has to protect her. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's prosecuting criminals and going about his business, uh, not ambitious, not political. And one day uh, he gets called in and said, you got to go to Beijing. you got to go to the inner sanctum of the Forbidden City uh, to meet someone in the office of the president of China. We don't know why. Uh, we don't know why they, they want you. We don't even know why they heard about you. So he's frightened to death, and he, he goes down there uh, and goes through layers and layers and layers into the, of the heart of the Forbidden City where the Chinese Communist Party headquarters uh, is. Uh, and he meets with a guy. At first, he wasn't, he's not too sure who this guy is, but he finally figures it out. 
Uh, and the guy is the chief of staff to the president. So he's the Ron Klain of uh, China. And he says, the president doesn't trust a lot of people. And we picked you because we think you're, a, a, you know, basically a simpleton from the country uh, who doesn't have a political agenda. But you know about technology. You know about surveillance systems. You know about hacking. You know about machine learning. We want you to take all of those skills and try to figure out if it's true what the president has heard. Here's a conspiracy theory. The president has heard that in thousands of state-owned enterprises, managers are employing their deadweight brother-in-laws and, and cousins and whatnot, giving them uh, feather-bedding jobs where they never have to show up, uh, but they get paid. So the president wants to prove that. And he wants to, on one day, arrest thousands of these people uh, for fraud as part of his great national campaign against corruption. And you're in charge. And you are now a special investigator. Uh, and you have whatever authority you need. Don't abuse it. Uh, and you have an unlimited budget. Don't abuse it. And you've got six months. Okay. So he starts trying to figure out if that conspiracy theory is true. And it takes him on a fascinating, uh, not a wild goose chase, but a, a trip down the rabbit hole uh, into uh, a world of hackers and artificial intelligence. Uh, he ends up having to go back to Toronto uh, to get advice from his uh, old professor there. But as he arrives at the professor's house, it blows up. Uh, when he's a block away, and the professor is killed. And so now, in addition to figuring out all of the stuff about uh, these, these people involved in corruption, now he's got to figure out who killed his professor, uh, or, or did someone kill his professor? Maybe it was just the house blew up. But uh, he thinks someone killed him. And is that connected to his uh, mystery? Who, who killed him? Why did they kill him? Uh, and as the as the search goes on, um, you know there are interesting questions like, is there a an artificial intelligence program here that has become sentient? Uh, like you know with the Google thing a couple of weeks ago, where the Google in the real world, where the Google uh, data scientist said his artificial intelligence program had become alive. Um, well, has that happened? And if so, how would we know and where is it? But somebody clearly has the ability to hack into all sorts of things. And this cop who invented a surveillance system is now being surveilled wherever he goes by someone. Uh, how do you um, get that character, like this um, detective? Like, how did you assemble him in your mind or do you like what's your relationship because i you know with me being all nonfiction myself and we talk to a lot of fiction writers a lot of them say that you know they uh they hear hear the voice of their character yeah. or they see them yeah. or they they're yeah. like their families and kids yeah. and i i hear all this stuff how do, maybe how does that work for you it does it, it does work when i create characters uh in my mind um they then they then just have a dialogue with each other, and I write it down. And um, that, I have no idea where it comes from sometimes. 
there are two fascinating characters in this book. They're twins, um, man and a woman who young, um, dropouts from uh, college, uh, in China, uh, and maybe were engaged in some criminal activity. Uh, and our hero, uh, saves them from prosecution, uh, if they will work for him. So now he has these two brilliant young hackers, uh, working for him. But they're also sassy, uh, and they're also, uh, funny, uh, and they're, they're constantly giving him a hard time. But they're also brilliant and, and can hack into anything, and they're, they're monitoring him and trying to save him, and they're, they, they've got his back. Uh, and the dialogue between them, um, also the dialogue between them and and the, the police detective. Uh, just, I hear it. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, it, it, uh, I can imagine people like that. I've known people like that, not, not in China, but in the United States. Uh, and I just imagine how they would, uh, how they would talk to each other. Hmm. So do you hear these voices when you drive? <laughs> no, I listen to books on tape when I try. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, okay. Well, I just wasn't sure. You know, and you're not waking up in the middle of the night holding a shovel and dirty shoes or anything. No, but you know, I, I will. I will wake up in the middle of the night with a plot idea, um, uh, and so I've got a little pad uh, of paper um, uh, by the bed, and if you know, I wake up three o'clock in the morning with this clear as a bell notion that where the plot should go um, next, uh, I'll write it down and then bang, I can go right back to sleep. Uh, I, I think my subconscious works on the plot line a lot um, and says when I'm, not, when I'm not aware of it. And the subconscious eventually says, that's a stupid plot twist. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> do this. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, so are you, do you, do you think that it's people you meet in your life somewhere and some or a characteristic of someone that you've seen in a coffee shop or who knows um and it sort of get gets kind of into the characters is that kind of where yeah. you think some of them come from yeah i spent a lot of time with with hackers uh white hat gray hat hackers um and certainly a lot of that uh shows through in the in the hacker people but I've also known a lot of FBI agents and so, uh, and CIA people and whatnot. And so the, the people in the book who are FBI agents or Justice Department people or CIA people, they're composites of people I've actually worked with. Well, have, have any of your characters done anything, uh, to surprise you? Have they, you know, gone off the rails and, uh, just, you know, taken the plot in a completely different direction than you've <laughs> Or are you totally in control? <laughs> no, I'm not totally in control. Uh, certainly, <laughs> certainly not of what they say. Um, yeah, I, uh, there's there's one subplot here involving um, uh, the doctor, uh, the fiance to our, our police detective, uh, and she does something, yeah, relatively surprising uh, that. Uh, it's brilliant and funny, and uh, you know, she does it with some help from her hacker, uh, the hacker twins, uh, and it could potentially get our hero in a lot of trouble. But uh, it's uh, it's a fun little subplot. You know, it's funny when you when you do something like this. Do you ever get people uh, that you know in the 
in the world, in the uh, <laughs> intelligence world, coming back at you saying, hey, was that character me? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a character in my uh, in my book uh, Breakpoint, uh, who uh, former National Security Advisor Susan Rice is convinced is her, uh, <laughs> and, and you know I'm not going to disabuse her of that. <laughs> Keep them guessing, you know. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. So, what do you at the at the end of the day? Someone picks up a book like one of your books here, and um, takes it home. What is it you hope they get from it? Well, fun. Um, you know, if if they're reading the fiction as opposed to the nonfiction. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if they're reading the fiction, I really want them to laugh at the jokes. Uh, first of all, get the jokes would be nice. Uh, you know, <laughs> with my sense of humor, that's not always true. Um, you know, get the jokes, laugh at the jokes. Uh, get uh, involved with the characters and the plot and, and maybe stay up till two in the morning, you know, because uh, they can't put it down uh, and then pass it on to a friend. I mean, that that's the best possible experience, I think. Yeah. What do you think people get wrong about this whole, the, the, the hacking world and the intelligence and all the surveillance and stuff? What do you think in general uh, you can say that the public kind of gets wrong yeah, I, I, I think the public, some of the public, uh, you know, has a very negative view of government, and I understand why. Uh, and they they think that there's some sort of cabal uh, in the government, uh, or in the Chinese government, or Russian government, that uh, is out for you know just to do harm for harm's sake. Um, in the case of the Russians, they may be right, um, but uh, <laughs> you know the title. Artificial intelligentsia is about such, you know, such a cabal. Uh, is there an international cabal uh, of of leading hackers and data scientists and people who are way off the end in understanding artificial intelligence? Uh, what if there were such a cabal uh, and it was international? You know, it wasn't controlled by any government, uh, and it it such a cabal. You know, maybe thought that all the governments were kind of screwed up uh, and not addressing some of the real issues. And what if such a cabal got together and started solving some of the world's problems mysteriously from behind the scenes? Um, so I guess I'm picking up on the uh, the theory that some people have that there are international cabals. Um, there really aren't. Um, but oh, darn. Uh, yeah, darn, because, you know, the, you know, if, if we had the international uh, artificial intelligentsia that uh, I created in the book, I think we might be better off. Yeah. Well, Alex Jones told me. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> now, Alex told me that there is go- globalists and, and they're, you know, all this stuff. And, and we only order pizza from the Comet now. So Yeah, well, the, the, Illuminati, the Illuminati pizza parlor is really, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's got the best sausages. You know, like oh, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's terrible. I'm going to get canceled for this one. Uh, but the whole concept's interesting in that. But you, um, I guess you have to be very careful on where you kind of put your sense of humor then, too, in something like this. No, like, not really. Um, not really. The, I mean, the other- more timing. I mean, more the timing. You know, it's got to be at the right 
Oh yeah. You know, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, I, I, yeah, sure. But no, the only thing I have to be careful about because I have to submit all my books to, to various government agencies, um, <clears throat> so that uh, they can be convinced I'm not uh, revealing anything that's you know, classified, top secret. I still have to do that. I have to do that for life. Um, when I did that the first time, I said to them, well, what, you know, what if I write a novel? And they said, no, no, novels are covered too. I said, really? Everything I write? They said, well, if you write a cookbook, maybe, maybe, <laughs> you know, the chances of me writing a cookbook are slim to none. So, yeah, uh, I do have to be careful. But, you know, there's a way I've discovered, this is book 10, uh, I, I've discovered ways around that problem, um, particularly in fiction. Um, so there are, you know, there are, there are some things that you will find in my book, books that are, uh, well, I'll give you an example. In the drone book, uh, there's something called the kill committee. Um, this is in the book Sting of the Drone. Uh, and it meets in the situation room in the White House and has representatives from the various national security agencies that sit around with portfolios, uh, about who the drones should uh, should go kill. And a lot of people have said, well, that's absurd. You know, that's ridiculous. That's really conspiracy stuff. Well, I actually interviewed three members of the kill committee in order to write that chapter of the book. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you can never tell what's fiction and what's not in the, in the novels. You're, you're not helping me. <laughs> my, my nerves are, you know, on the edge now with all this stuff. Um, Okay, so now someone that's never heard of you, which is uh, probably not likely, uh, especially because the Illuminati is, is hiring you, but um, <laughs> what one book would you suggest that people read to get what what kind of writer you are? Yeah, so if they want to know about my life, uh, or at least a very small slice of it, read Against All Enemies, which was the number one nationwide bestseller. It's the story of the road to 9-11, and it's the story of the day of 9-11. Um, and that reveals a lot about who, who I am uh, as a person. Um, I think probably the most uh, revealing book about me in terms of a novel is probably this one, Artificial Intelligentsia. Um, you know, they say you get better writing fiction uh, the more you write uh, and I, I'm really happy with this one. People who have read all of my fiction have told me this is the best one. And there's a, there's a lot of me in it because, you know, behind the government bureaucrat, there's a little mischievous, you know, mischievous brat uh, who would love to have done some of this stuff that's in the book. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's kind of uh, – I think with even with government, people think one way – and there's always the, these are just real people, like the government's all made up of just real people, just like the hackers, and they live and they make mistakes and they say things and they do things like everyone else. And I think that's, uh, for some reason, there's a, it's always portrayed in the movies that, um, you know, the government agents and people are always like superstars, you know. Yeah, the, you know, when I, was, when I was in high school, we had a very... Uh, domineering high school principal that, that everybody respected, but everybody feared. Uh, and one day he called me up to the office, which, you know, could mean death, right? You know, <laughs> and uh, alone with him in the office, I realized he's just a guy. 
You know, he's not quite the uh, the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, but he's just a guy. And that was a real moment for me. And uh, because ever since I've, whether I've been dealing with presidents or senators or secretaries of state or whatever, I realized going into the room, they're just a woman, they're just a man. You know, there's nothing that different about them. Uh, they're just found themselves or clawed their way to this particular place, you know? And with, with modern day stuff going on, do you, um, do you still have a lot of, uh, faith in the, uh, securities of the country? Well, I've never had faith in the security systems of the country. I think CIA and FBI have, uh, and both have histories of uh, screwing up that are quite remarkable, uh, from the, from their inception and all the way through. Consistently, uh, so <laughs> yeah. But do, no, do, do, do you apply that to just in general human error, as in rather than um, let's say something uh, maybe a little more sinister? Well, it's not sinister; it's just incompetence. And, um, yeah. Government agencies are very much like people; they develop personalities, uh, and they don't change, and they attract people of a certain kind that um, you know like their personality. Um, and so there are government agencies that are atrocious, like uh, CIA and FBI have a terrible track record. There are then government agencies like the Coast Guard that are just, you know, tremendous organizations uh, filled with great people who sacrifice uh, for the common good and, and generally don't screw up. Uh, so I think you need, when you think about U.S. government agencies, I think you need to understand their personality. So what? So what's next for uh, Richard? Well, uh, it does feel odd not writing a book. So uh, I'm maybe a third of the way through the next one, and I don't know, you know, how far I'll take it. Um, but right now, uh, it involves um, a Washington Post-style reporter who uh, wakes up one day. Uh, and finds a treasure trove of very highly classified uh, information on his doorstep uh, about ultra-secret weapons programs uh, that are way beyond top secret, that nobody is clear to know about except a handful of people in the Pentagon. And, you know, what does he do with that? Uh, and is there any... Um, has anyone abused uh, the privilege of keeping such things secret? It, are they secret to keep them away from the enemy? Or are they secret to keep them away from the Congress and the taxpayers? Uh, and what's really going on there? Um, so far, I like the book. We'll see if I continue to like it. Uh, you know, Maybe we'll pop it out in a couple of years. Does that make a difference to you? Like, I mean, because if you put together a book, spent all this time and and research and effort and and all this stuff, if if you're not happy, I... I'm not happy with it. I stop it. I've I've stopped, you know, two or three. There's one that I really wish I hadn't stopped. That I was <laughs> writing in the early 2000s uh, called uh, Return of the Bear, uh, and it was about a Putin-like character. Um, and his revanchist ideas about making Russia great again. Uh, and um, most of what I had in the plot has since happened. 
So I really wish, you know, if I had turned this out in 2007, I would have looked like a genius. But uh, it required it required too much <laughs> too much research, so I stopped. And uh, uh, I really regret that. It was it was had a beautiful opening, beautiful first chapter. <laughs> it's still around somewhere. Well, you, you you can do it now, you know. Well, no, but now it's you know it's like oh he's talking about history yeah. rather than he's talking about the future. Yeah, it's true. That. Well, you know, I think that um, if anything, I think the last five years y- you have to kind of look at it and go, wow, people are strange. Um, the way there's a lot of behaviors, and and that in itself. Um, it, I don't know if that makes it easier or harder to write fiction because well, it, it, it's, truth is truth is is stranger than fiction, right? That's yeah. the old saying. Well, it's I I find it incredibly true. There are so many things that I find in in my newsfeed uh, that are just absolutely remarkable stuff, and a lot of it doesn't even get any attention. I, the other day, uh, a uh, steel plant. Big steel plant in Iran blew up, uh, and it's pretty clear that it blew up because it was hacked by uh, an Israeli group, um, probably a group called 8200. Uh, that's stuff right out of a good Dick Clark novel, uh, and it happened, and it didn't even get coverage. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing is strange, you know. But it's that cabal, right? So <laughs> it's the Illuminati. <laughs> yeah, they're telling us what we are. Well, they'll just I just think that the way people behave, um, like this last few years, it must be really weird in the sense of when you're writing fiction. If you would have wrote a story, like let's say this last presidential thing, and, yeah, no and one would believe stuff, it. You no would, one believed it. Yeah, you know, yeah. and then the, the anti-mask and anti and all this yeah. stuff, right? That no. was going on. You'd be going. You know, and someone just to read it, they'd go, yeah, but that's, you know, it's crazy. It's I couldn't so get that. I, if I had written a book about Trump, uh, you know, in, in the early 2000s, I could never get an editor to publish it because it would be too crazy. Yeah. Um, they'd go, well, this is a fantasy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And they, look, it, by the way, it's a, it's a fantasy that if you, if you look around it at little, you know, movies and books, you can – you can probably piece it together from that. It's not like it, it's, it was ent- entirely original, but it's happened. That's the yeah. original part. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know, like I say, without a name, there was another person that does this for business that was saying to me that uh, thinking that uh, Putin was a hero for what he was doing. Oh God! And I, I would never think I would hear that coming from. An American. I, I smelled a rat with Putin very, very early on, yeah. and I, I just—I'm very sorry I didn't make more of that judgment. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, there's an example right now on on uh, BBC. You can also see it on PBS. Uh, a series called Cobra, uh, which is about the British um, Prime Minister. Cobra is actually the name of their Situation Room. It's uh, Cabinet Office Room B. Cobra, um, and it, it, this it's in season two, and in this season it's about cyber war, and it's about how the Russians are kind of manipulating public opinion in the UK, uh, not to be pro-Russian, but to just distrust government, distrust authority, uh, and be highly anxious and worried about everything. 
to title, totally distract uh, people. Uh, and then when, uh, when all the Brits are at each other's throats, then they hit them with cyber attacks on critical infrastructure. It's a really interesting TV series. It's six parts on PBS, Cobra. Uh, it's a lot like what we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah, because because the question that raises is, is this stuff a conspiracy theory sponsored by the Russians? Is it sponsored by the Brits themselves? Is any of it real? Uh, and then it starts affecting real life in a very destructive way. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Do you, do you think that the uh, intelligence would ever have seen this coming? This kind no. of no, yeah. The intelligence community is is really not good at looking around the corner. Uh, there are individuals in it that do, but uh, the organizations are very, you know, very staid, very um, stuck in the past. Wow. Well, that's really depressing. <laughs> Working with the U.S. government can frequently be depressing. Yeah, but, you know, every time I see, like, Queen Latifah running around with heels on and kicking people and... And I see all these people acting as agents on shows. They they all look perfect. They do everything great and never get hurt. And I thought that was the real thing. You know, you know who the real thing is? If you, if you go back to the great mystery spy writer, Jean Le Carré, his hero, uh, George Smiley, who is this dumpy, uh, in a gray kind of guy that would blend into the woodwork. Uh, he's the man on the Totem uh, bus. He um, he is the real kind of deal uh, in spy world. Yeah, I kind of got that feeling. I don't know. Somewhere a while ago, I started thinking that way. You know, that they're just humans, and well, there are good there are good people at it, oh, um, yeah, but they yeah. tend to be they tend to be very cerebral rather than <laughs> very muscular or attractive. Yeah, I know. I'm getting disappointed. <laughs> I don't know what's going on? I can't win. Anyway. Well, that's it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating uh, talking about that sort of stuff, and uh, and 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 I'm sure they've probably listened to every word we've said now. Oh, well, they don't have to. They have an artificial intelligence program that does and flags them, flags <laughs> interesting things for them. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. actually that's actually true, but. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, you said that word Trump. That was it. Word yeah. Flag. Boing. Yeah. 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 So, exactly. That's yeah. it. The, the, well, that, that is a use of artificial intelligence uh, yeah. that the CIA and other people use, which is they don't have to listen to these long conversations. Uh, they have the AI listen to it and summarize it, or, or flag it if it gets interesting. You know, yeah. if I say, if I say, well, you know. Let's talk about our bombing plot. You know, okay, bing. You know, oh, now that great. gets that gets fun. <laughs> yeah. now, now we're on a list. Yeah, now we are. Now, now, now we, we are. can't fly <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> and there'd be like, Mr. Warren, can you step aside, please? Yeah, yeah. I, can yeah. I can see yeah. it now. Yeah, it's yeah. going to happen. It's going to happen. Well, if it does, I'm you can blame me. You. Yeah. yeah, you can call me, but it won't do you any good no, anymore. No, no. There's a time when I could have helped you, but not now. Yeah, <laughs> not anymore. It's all done. It's all in yeah. the past. Well, right. I, I thought you were part of the Illuminati now. So, yeah, but I'm making the pizzas. Oh, <laughs> jeez, jeez, I, I'm getting hungry. Let's order a couple. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I'm going to get re- complaints about that. So. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I hope so. 
Well, <laughs> thanks. I won't see them. I never read them. Well, uh, interesting conversation. Uh, great book. You know, something that I think everyone should buy. And it's called Artificial Intelligence. Yeah. And the author has been our guest, Richard A. Clark. So thank you for coming on the show. Great to be with you guys. Thanks, Richard. Tired of wasting time trying to decide what to watch on your streaming service? Go to our website and look for the Martino Movie Reviews. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.